my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Friday, Tanner fans! Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta slash Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. The oh, currently the only Full House Fuller House podcast out there right now. Right off the top, I'd like to let you, the listeners, know where you can go to follow along with the podcast to find out about upcoming episodes and get shoutouts on the podcast by answering trivia questions, and also where you can email the podcast. The social media sites on Facebook at Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast, at Instagram, OMHC FHFH podcast. And gmail at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com and Twitter at omhcfhfhpodcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or follow on SoundCloud so you don't miss an episode. Just go to Apple Podcasts and search Oh My Lanta or Holy Chalupas and the podcast should pop right up. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. All the reviews the show gets helps it get noticed by other Full House, Fuller House fans like yourselves. Today I'm going to be covering Fuller House Season 1, Episode 1, entitled Our Very First Show, Again, which aired on February 26th of 2016. In fact, all episodes dropped of Season 1 on that date on Netflix. In this episode, DJ Tanner Fuller is a recently widowed mother of three boys. She and her family have lived in their old home with her father, Danny Tanner, since her husband's death. But Danny and his co-host, Aunt Becky, actually, uh, Becky Katsopoulos, or as she was known on Wake Up San Francisco as Rebecca Donaldson, they have a new talk show. I believe it's called Wake Up America. Or Wake Up USA, but I'll get to that when I cover the show. When I start getting into the show. Alright, so they will be moving along with Danny's new wife and Becky's husband, Uncle Jesse, to Los Angeles and, of course, selling the house. Before I officially begin discussing this episode, I want to give a shout out to some podcast listeners. We have Muskegon, Michigan, Tampa, Florida... Switzerland, uh, Switzerland, and Romania. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you'll continue to be a regular listener. All right, let's get into some trivia and goofs, as well as user user reviews for this episode. Let's start off with the trivia. Taping of this episode took place on Friday, July twenty fourth, twenty fifteen. During the live taping, the cast's breaking of the fourth wall to acknowledge Michelle's absence went for longer than was shown on TV. After Danny explained that Michelle was in New York running her fashion empire, all of the cast mates ad-libbed telling jokes about the missing Michelle amongst themselves. And then Uncle Jesse bemoaned the Olsen twins' decision not to return with his hands in the air venting to the camera. One episode! Uncle Jesse then received a 
phone call. As he exited the kitchen, he joked to the audience, it's the twins' lawyers. John Stamos mentions a new job with his favorite soap opera, General Hospital. His first acting job was appearing in an episode of General Hospital in 1983. Max lists his third bad word as Donald Trump. The original line was poop before it was dubbed over, likely to avoid a fine. I'm guessing, guys, this is all trivia that's been added in here probably by, you know, other fans or people on IMDb. Jesse says he's moving to Los Angeles to be the music producer on General Hospital, stating that they always hired the best actors on that show. Of course, John Stamos, who plays Uncle Jesse, played Blackie Parrish on General Hospital. Stamos' first acting acting credit. I cannot talk today. <laughs> the original comment was comment of Full House was a male dog. Cosmo is a female dog. The title of the pilot of the original Full House series was Our Very First Show. This episode's title is a nod to that. Due to the babies, Dashiell Messett and Fox Messett, who both played the role of Baby Tommy, Baby Tommy Fuller, being scared by the loud cheering and applause of the studio audience, a baby doll stood in for Tommy's scenes in front of the live audience. Executive producer Jeff Franklin explained, We had our baby in the scene, and the baby just lost it. We were not really prepared for the volume that was going to be unleashed. Baby Messett happily resumed filming when there was no audience around, and live Tommy's audience... Live Tommy's scenes were later edited in. With time, the babies got used to the screams and applause from the studio audience and became comfortable with the cast on the set. By the time the last episode of the season rolled around, the babies were happy to sit in John Stamos's lap and accept the bottle he brought as a peace offering. Aww. Guys, we all know how well John Stamos works with babies. Hint, baby Michelle. This episode was filmed exactly five months after the 20th anniversary of the day that the series finale of Full House was filmed. Michelle technically does appear in this episode as she is shown in a flashback towards the end. Alright, let's get into some goofs. When Little Max says about Kimmy's feet being on the table, yeah, but they smell like Trump, his mouth is actually saying crap. The line seems to have been redubbed to more fitting humor of the times. The original line was probably an inside joke to words the original show could not use back then, especially by the kids. Well, <laughs> when Max is listening to the bad words, when he gets it down Trump, it clearly looks like he is saying something completely different. I will have to watch for that. Alright, character error. Jesse and the Rippers attend the going away party and play the song forever despite a story arc in the final season where Jesse was fired from the Rippers and he strove to surpass their success with this new band. However, it's not unreasonable to believe that at some point over the course of 20 years they could have made peace. Well, maybe they did. Alright. Continuity. When Kimmy first enters the kitchen, baby Tommy isn't in the shot, but when the camera goes to the rest of the family and then back to Kimmy, he's suddenly in his high chair, like he's been there the whole time. No one would have been around to put him in there. When DJ is in the kitchen and talking about how all the chores will now be her responsibility, the camera goes back and forth to DJ and each time the boxes on the calendar change names. I definitely got to watch for that one. When DJ's talking to her dad about selling the house in different shots, her right hand 
excuse me, is in different places. It's either grasping the side of the water bottle, holding her purse, or holding the bottom of her water bottle. Hold on a second. All right, let's get to some user reviews. Some are good, some not so good. This one, of course, is titled, Okay, I'll Bite. This is actually (laughs) the day that the um, season one dropped on Netflix. This episode caught me totally off guard. First, let me say that this reboot was a bad idea like most are. They are directly competing with the only other successful reboot on TV right now, Last Man Standing. That's a reboot? Of what? Which actually follows the exact same premise, switching boys to girls, only it's the adults, not the pups. What in the world are you talking about? Who, who, who? This person, whoever wrote this review, I don't I don't get it. Okay, back to the catching me off guard. This may have overdone it on some things. I hated the singing. I hated the one at a time pl- applause entry at, his, at the start. They should have jumped into a regular... Excuse me! Excuse me! This is me butting in here to this review. <laughs> um, you know what? Nobody had seen the cast as these characters in over 20 plus years. So that's how they wanted to do the show as a welcome back, welcoming all the characters one at a time so they get their applause break. And you know the audience at the taping went wild. If I had been there, I would have been going crazy. But then again, it's a user review. Of course, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Uh, He mentions Stephanie's huge fake boobs. My god, why? They clearly spent a lot of money preparing the cast of this, so it wasn't a flop like Bob Saget's last sitcom com retry. They can all act, sing, and dance well. The emotion didn't hit me full on yet, but it took three episodes, three episodes for the X-Files reboot to work. Let's watch the rest and see what happens. I have no idea what this guy felt after he watched the rest, if he even did. I do remember, I thought there was a sitcom... That did have Bob Saget called Surviving Suburbia. I'm going to check that out real quick. I'm just looking at Bob Saget's IMDb. And he actually was on an episode of Shameless. I stopped watching Shameless before I got to season 5. I'm just, I can't anymore. Um, he played a... <laughs> he played a preacher. Or a reverend. Um, grandfathered, he played Ronnie. So John Stamos's vehicle entitled Grandfathered, where he is the grandfather of a toddler. Um, let's see what else we got here. Let me pause it for a sec, guys. Oh, he played himself for four episodes in Entourage. Okay, Surviving Suburbia. He played Steve Patterson. This only lasted for 13 episodes, which is that of a season of Full House. Okay, uh, Steve and Ann Patterson, along with their two children, Henry and Courtney, enjoy easy living in the suburbs. That is until their next new neighbor, next, until their new next door neighbors begin causing problems. I remembered seeing this when, um, it was on, I saw, um, a preview for it on television back when we had cable. And I'm like, oh, Bob Saget, I gotta watch this. Uh, Cynthia Stevenson, um, I know her from, she's been in some stuff. I think the second Airbud movie, um, Golden Receiver, I remember her from that. 
I remember seeing uh, Farce of the Penguins that was directed by Bob Saget. It's like a joke on March of the Penguins. A show that came out um, around between 2001 and 2002. It looks like it lasted a season entitled Raising Dad. It's pretty much the same type of premise with Full House, only it's two daughters instead of three. So it's a sitcom about a widowed widowed father struggling to separate his professional and personal lives and keeping his sanity while raising two daughters. I did look. I believe that it is on YouTube some episodes. And uh, the one episode that I was kind of looking at out of curiosity was, I guess his character has to teach his teenage daughter's sex ed class and uh that so and he actually sits down with his daughter to talk to her about it and it's just interesting because it made me think of Danny Tanner in a way that that was never ever really a subject that was broached on the show except in the season six seven Season 6 or 7, the apartment episode of Full House. Okay, I did find it. It is actually from season 7. It's the second episode of season 7, entitled The Apartment. Steve, DJ's boyfriend, gets an apartment because he's in college. DJ goes for a visit. She ends up falling asleep on the couch, missing her curfew. Danny freaks out after she doesn't come home. Goes to Steve's apartment. But, of course, not before he calls up Kimmy Gibbler trying to get the address or the phone number. And the reason that he's upset in this episode, and he's freaked out about what DJ, his daughter, his 17-year-old daughter, could be doing with her college-age boyfriend, is because Kimmy and DJ were going to a baby shower for their friend Kathy Santoni, who was ha- <laughs> she's, she's at high school age and she's having a baby. And Danny's like, I can't believe that little kid is having a little kid. Because um, I guess at first he thought, oh, she- I can't believe she's getting married. Like, well, she's already married. She's having a baby. Right out of high school. Not even finished with high school. And apparently she was getting credit for it in home ec. Which, what are you teaching girls? Come on now. But yeah, this is pretty um, as close as you're going to get to that Raising Dad episode with him talking to his daughter about the big bad S-E-X. Alright, this next user review entitled Not for Children to Watch. Oh my goodness. This was came from March 2016. Warning, spoilers. We've all seen Fuller House Season 1, guys. Come on, we know what the episode's about and everything. We've probably got, I've watched it multiple times. I'm sure you all, the listeners, have also watched season one of Fuller House multiple times. Full House was a family show I loved to watch while growing up. Well, I did too. This is not okay for children to watch. There's adult jokes, sexual content mentioned, and talk about drugs and alcohol, insults towards presidential candidates, and more. Full House was loved so much by many due to the fact that the father was raising the girls to be educated young women with morals. Now the today's version is nothing close to that. Even though we live in a different world today, 
does not mean that everyone is raising their children to believe that type of language and disrespect is okay. Yes, there are many problems with today's world, but there are still people, still some people with morals that aren't interested in watching something like this. Good golly. I mean, yes, as I said with the last review, you're entitled to your own opinion, that's fine. But I think, you know, growing up, we watched these wholesome shows and everything. I think, like, the times have evolved a bit, whereas those wholesome, fun shows that we all as kids grew up watching, kids today aren't going to be able to relate to that. Or maybe they're not going to want to watch it. I'm not, you know, shunning this person's review. Like I said, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but... (laughs) This is not a Christian show that's on, like, the Inspiration Channel or the Homework Channel. And those of us, the majority of people that are watching Fuller House, most likely a lot of them grew up with the original show. Yes, there are innuendos in the show. Yes, there are jokes that are for an older audience, probably for those that watched the show growing up, seeing these characters evolve. Yes, they're not all clean-cut, like, they probably grew up, you know, that we grew up watching them, like these wholesome images and stuff like that. I don't know what to say to this person. You don't like the show, don't watch it. That's all I'm going to say. But if this person was expecting because Candace Cameron is on it and she is a religious person, that it's going to be completely Christian-centered, I mean, there is mentions that they go into go to church, which is great. But if you are looking for a full-blown Christian show, then this is not the show for you. And guys, I'm not knocking anybody. I'm really, really not. I'm just saying that uh, some shows, they're not for everybody. If you don't like it, you don't have to keep watching it. No one's forcing you. I really, really have. I don't want to bore you guys with it. This is, it's actually making me very angry. Okay, real quick, I just watched the first teaser trailer of Fuller House Season 1. I remember when this first dropped. I must have seriously watched this like a gazillion times before Season 1 had officially dropped on Netflix back in February of of, of of 2016. Sorry, I was jumping way too far back. So I had just watched... It and the song which I love, The House That Built Me by Miranda Lambert. Go listen to it, it's so beautiful. It is such an amazing song. And as I was watching that trailer just now, that song came on, and you're seeing the images of the kitchen of the Tanner house, the living room. You're hearing their voices outside the door. I was getting goosebumps, I was getting chills, and I was tearing up. And real quick, The House That Built Me by Miranda Lambert is about a girl who's moved away from the home that she grew up in. Someone else is living there. She goes to knock on their door saying, I know you don't know me from Adam, but can I just look around? I actually grew up here. My dog, we buried just outside the, by the tree. And then, you know, up in that back bedroom, that's where I used to write my, because, um, character in the song is a musician and she's just coming back to find herself and inspiration and kind of where she grew up and everything and it's just such a beautiful beautiful song and I love that they picked this song for that teaser 
because it speaks volumes. That is the house that I'm sure all of us as kids, we probably wanted to be, we wanted to live with the Tanners. We grew up watching the kids grow up and facing issues and obstacles and solving problems in 30 minutes. And it just, <laughs> seeing that house and the kitchen where a lot of the problems were solved and the living room where the family all came together. And it's, it's such, such an amazing show. Both shows, both Full House and Fuller House. Gosh, it feels good to be back. Okay, can someone help me with these boxes? I'll grab little Tommy. Hey, Jesse, can you help DJ? I'm trying. Max, the hair, huh? Yeah, Max, cut it out. Cut it out. Jackson, can you watch your brother? I gotta find the keys. Yeah, yeah, I got him. No, I should have got movers. Dude, you don't need movers. You got us. Welcome home. From the house then. I got the DVD in the player. I pulled out the little show booklet here. And the description in the booklet here says, When the entire Tanner clan comes together for a final re reunion before the family home is sold, parting turns out to be tougher than they expected. So this episode on IMDb has a 7.7 .7 out of 10 rating based on 958 ratings. This episode was directed by Mark Sandrowski, writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, uh, staff writer Joe Vargas, Paulina Diaz, Diaz? Also a staff writer. Alright. We got some soundtracks here. Rockabye Baby, performed, of course, by Dave Coulier. You Got It, The Right Stuff by New Kids on the Block. Forever, performed by John Stamos. Wild Thing, performed by Bob Saget. Meet the Flintstones, performed by Andrea Barber, Sony Bringus, Candace Cameron Bure, Michael Campion, Dave Coulier, Elias Harger, Bob Saget, John Stamos, and Jody Sweden. Crazy Credits, In Loving Memory of Ar Arlene. Coulier, Dolly Saget, Loretta Stamos, and Carol Franklin. They would have loved this. Aww. Alright, let's dive right into this. Alright, well, the intro kicks off with the original Full House intro for a few scenes. And then we cut to the exterior shot of the Tanner home. And we get a... Timestamp underneath that says 29 years later. So we hear the Full House theme playing as we enter the kitchen, which looks like it's all set up for most likely dinner. As the song fades out, we see a baby in a high chair that's right next to the kitchen island or the kitchen counter. We get Bob Saget as Danny Tanner popping up from behind the kitchen counter holding a piece of what looks like wheat toast and he's like hi Tommy we break of course for the audience applause we see baby Tommy shoving something into his mouth maybe one of those teething rings 
we see that he is wearing, which will later be revealed as a Elvis white jumpsuit. And he's wearing a little red bib that says All-Star on it. So Danny pops up from behind the counter and says, Tommy, you didn't see your grandpa drop this piece of bread, did you? And of course, they cut to Tommy's reaction where he's just still chewing on that baby teething ring or a toy or something. And Danny's like, good, I'll feed it to Joey. (laughs) Of course you would. Then Jesse comes down the stairs. Good morning, Daniel. Because I do remember Jesse sometimes calling Danny Daniel. So this is where Uncle Jesse pulls Tommy out of his high chair, uh, whips off the little red bib and says, All right, Tommy, let's show your gramps what we got you. As he shows him the little Elvis jumpsuit. It's white and it's got like uh, splashes of gold on it. And I think it's even got a cape. I just think that's so adorable how Jesse puts Tommy up on the counter, standing him up and kind of dancing with him saying, a onesie fit for a king. It's just so cute. Because I'm sure there are little Elvis onesies out there for those Elvis-obsessed fans who want to dress their babies in Elvis wear. I just checked on Amazon, and I think this is the exact baby Elvis onesie they have Tommy dressed in. I see it on Amazon for between, like, 21 and, like, 50-some dollars. Like, oh, that's so cool. So if you wanted to dress your baby up like baby Tommy here in Elvis gear, you could do that. Even for 10 bucks on Amazon, there is a Love Me Tender Elvis sippy cup. It is so cute. Remember the, um... The twins competition in Full House, I think it's season six, where little, where um, Jesse dra- dresses baby Nikki and Alex. That are they're about maybe two at the time. They he dresses them in Elvis baby Elvis costumes, and they're so adorable. I remember that being one of the episodes that, before my sister moved out, that was one that she and I had watched together. Oh, it's even got a gold cape! Okay, here's where Joey comes up from the basement. So, the basement now went from being a studio in Full House Season 8 to going back to being converted into a bedroom again. Joey comes up with these... I would wear these pajamas if they made them for ladies. It is a baby blue with, um, looks like a a onesie, or maybe it's top and bottoms for an adult male, but it's got Bugs Bunny on the front of it, and it's got a little pocket on the front, and it's really, really cute. I really like it. I don't know, guys. The outfit for, mm, I, I... Definitely the uh, Tommy's outfit and Joey's, but I'll have to see. There might be another contender here for the ultimate. Maybe if I can't choose, I'll pick a best and then like a second best, like runner up. Of course, yeah, Dave Coulier comes up from the basement dressed in his Bugs Bunny pajamas, does his famous Bullwinkle routine as Bullwinkle asking Jesse, Jesse, when are you going to give up this Elvis routine? But all, all the guys have been 
have entered to amazing applause from the audience. So Jesse, who has still got Tommy in his arms, turns to Joey and says, in a bare knuckle fight, Elvis will destroy Bullwinkle every time because he knows karate as he uses baby Tommy and starts lifting his legs up to, like, kick Joey. Demonstrating baby Tommy's karate moves. Okay, no, this is gonna be breakfast then. This isn't dinner because it looks like Joey, or not Joey, um, Danny's making French toast because he had a plate full of French toast. Here we get Aunt Becky coming down the stairs. I know she's most likely going to make a comment about having to go up those attic stairs all these years. The wall that's facing that uh, set of stairs off of the kitchen that go up, lead upstairs, you get a lot of different pictures of the cast from, you know, Full House. And we do, looks like we might even get some shots of... Not just the girls and the guys, but also shots of probably Jackson, Max, and baby... Well, Tommy's still a baby. Oh, we, oh I do see a shot of um, what looks like DJ and a young Stephanie. I can't really tell. That might be Danny or Joey. It's really... Oh, and baby Michelle. There's like 15 pictures ranging from like small to medium to large frames on this wall. There's at least 15 of them up here. Lori Laughlin looks amazing. And she comes down and is like, gosh, I am exhausted. And of course, Jesse's like, oh, yeah, you mean from last night? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, from walking up the and down those stairs for so many years. Oh, walking up and down the stairs to the attic. Well, I don't know how many steps there are up there, but, I mean, you gotta go up the steps from the kitchen or living room up to the second level of the house and then go up the stairs to the attic. I remember Jesse and Becky's place. When you walk from the second floor, the hallway, and you open that door that leads to their apartment and go through, well, you don't see that little room that they go through to get to the, like, three steps that lead into the actual apartment once you get inside of it. And she looks at Jesse like, we made that climb every day for seven years? Okay, so I have the episode pulled up from Fuller House. I remember it's episode 22 of season four entitled Stephanie Plays the Field. That's when Jesse and Becky, the apartment, their home, the apartment is actually completed. They're living in it. They're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess you can say they inaugurate their new place. Um, so that is season four, episode 22. So, and that was 91, so 91, 92, 93, 94, 95. 95 is when the show ended, so 96, 97. Then they would have moved out of the house two years after the show would have ended then. Because she says seven years. And they wouldn't have been, I mean, Jesse might have been living in the house before then, but them living as a married couple didn't start until 91, so gotcha. And of course, Jesse makes a little joke that gets him into a little hot water. He's like, well, no wonder your butt was so firm. And she looks at him and says, <laughs> With a hand on her hip, looks at him and says, what do you mean was? Of 
course, Jesse's left at a loss for us. I, I mean, what? What? Do you, I, I didn't mean was. I, I mean is. <laughs> like, yeah, nice try. That French toast that Danny sits down on the table as Jesse sits down there. Um, he's like, it's nice having you guys crash for the weekend because everyone's pretty much going to be getting up and heading out because they're planning on selling the house. And he's like, Danny's like, it's a little weird. But Jesse's like, you want to know what's weird? As he kind of thumbs to Joey, you want to know what's weird? This guy here, who's 60 years old, almost 60, and he's wearing Bugs Bunny pajamas. I'm like, hey, if they're comfortable, wear them. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wearing licensed characters. I wear graphic men's tees all the time. It's so... They have the best t-shirts. I want there to be a Full House t-shirt out there. I really do. I've got a Home Improvement t-shirt that I just bought. I just bought one with... Speaking of Looney Tunes characters, I just bought a t-shirt that has all the Looney Tunes characters on it. And I even got one that for uh, Cruel Intentions, because that came out like 20 years ago. And I did see the movie. It was released for a week. And I went and saw it for the 20th anniversary. I wore the shirt. It was so nice. I had theater to myself, which of course I did. So I just made fun comments at the screen the whole time. Of course, Jer- Jer- <laughs> Joey wants to clarify, saying, I'm 55, and for your information, these are brand new. Here we get DJ coming in from the living room into the kitchen. She's got a duffel bag on her arm and a purse in her other hand. And she says, good morning. That is definitely not the same fridge. It's stainless steel. It's got an ice maker in it. I don't think the one in Full House had an ice maker. (laughs) So she comes in. Danny goes over, gives her a kiss on the cheek. DJ goes to Aunt Becky, gives her a kiss on the cheek. Then she goes, does the same thing to Joey. And of course, Uncle Jesse, who looks like he's got what, like a orange wedge in his mouth? Is that watermelon? I think that's watermelon. That's not an orange wedge. DJ turns around, asks if she missed anyone, and Danny's like, no, but I'll take seconds if you got another kiss for your old dad here. And Joey's like, oh, I got this, as he kisses Danny on the cheek. (laughs) So we get a little bit of exposition here. DJ has got to get to the pet clinic. Danny's taking the boys to school because it's a weekday. And DJ is a veterinarian that we learn, which I'm not surprising because she always loved animals from her horse that she had for a little bit of time. And we get, remember, Wake Up San Francisco? Well, now Danny and Becky are hosting a new talk show, Wake Up USA. Oh, okay, so um, she still goes by Rebecca Donaldson, but it's Donaldson hyphen Katsopoulos. So everyone's pretty much saying what they're going to be doing next. Jesse is going to be the new music producer for General Hospital, his favorite soap opera, as he's got a little bottle ready to go for baby Tommy. There we go, we got Stephanie! Yeah, Steph! And she, of course, is a joke, which they drop it pretty quickly with this British accent. She's been over in the UK for a bit. Everyone comes over and gives her a hug. You know, um, DJ, Danny, Becky, Joey, and of course, Uncle Jay. And DJ's like, well, I thought you were stuck in, in, in London. And Stephanie's like, oh, no, no, no. I just wanted to make a flashy entrance. 
that's my lame attempt at a <laughs> British accent. I suck at it. Danny, of course, like, oh, Steph, that's real cute. Can you please not do that anymore? <laughs> oh, she'll stop. She just needs a big old whiff of Kimmy Gibbler's feet. So Stephanie plays it off like, oh, what accent? Don't be daft. And she's like, oh, where's my little sis? And that's where we get the news about Michelle. So Danny explains, well, your sister sends her love, but she's busy in New York running her fashion empire. This, of course, is where we get the fourth wall breaking with the entire cast, DJ, Stephanie, Danny, Joey, Becky, and Jesse all stare at the camera for at least a minute or two like, come on, Olsen twins. You should be here with us. You should com be completing the family unit. And the way, yeah, they're all looking at the camera like, you should be here with us. Why aren't you here? This show made you who you are today. Almost like a you owe us kind of expression. How funny, we get a little ding. Everybody goes for their phones because it's 2016. Everybody has a cell phone. It's Jesse. It's his phone. So Stephanie asks how Joey's doing. We find out that he has been in Las Vegas doing 10 comedy shows a week at the Venetian. And apparently he is doing so well, he is kicking Carrot Top's butt. I wasn't really ever a big fan of Carrot Top. I just, I don't know why. I really like Jim Gaffigan, though. Here we go! We get the twinsies, the boys, Nikki and Alex. The same actors, Blake and Dylan. Is it Tumoy Wilhout? I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Still in college after six years as Jesse comes through the door, holds the door open, announcing the boys' entrance. Definitely there's a difference in the boys. One is more muscular, the one in the red tank top is the one I believe that is a firefighter, while the one in the black and blue striped tank top is, um, I think it's like web design, or he's a tech engineer or something to that effect, because his arms are real thin skinny. But yeah, uh, he's more, he's got, um, the blue and black striped tank top with a necklace, and... His brother, the firefighter, is wearing a red muscle shirt tank. They've been in college for six years. On Jesse and Becky's dime. And apparently they only need to pass two more classes to graduate. Ah! You know what stinks? Is the fact that we made such a big deal about, you know, Jesse and Becky, they got married. They were expecting, you know, twins, Nikki and Alex. We love these little guys. They were so adorable. But now, in this new show, which we've only get them, like, in this episode and then maybe one other episode, which it might be the Thanksgiving episode, they've turned them into jokes, like, laughing stocks to be, like, laughed at. As in, they've done nothing with their lives. <laughs> and Jesse's like, oh, let me guess. It'll take another three years for you to complete your two classes that you need to be required to graduate. And of course, I'm not sure which twin this is. It might be Alex, as he's like, oh, Dad, you're hilarious, and pops him right in the shoulder. Like, Alex, please. Your father is, like, over 50 years old. You're gonna pop out his shoulder by doing that. And of course... 
He said, you know, that's it. I'm looking up which twin is which because I can't tell. They might look different, but here, let me grab. Let me get on the intranet via my phone and go to Fuller House. And then we should, whoopsie, should be able to tell which twin is which via the first episode. Here we go. We got, where are the boys? He looks like the thin one. Blake Tamoy Wilhout, who plays Will Hoyt, who plays Nikki Kitsopoulos. And then we have Alex. Let me get a shot of these boys again. Hold on a second here. Okay, I gotta say that Nikki's gotta be the one in the red muscle tank. And then Alex is, because we got a currentish picture of Alex Kitsopoulos. And he's the one with a really, really thin face. And he's like, you know what the best part about college is? We got hella good at surfing. And they do the get down on their knees, like doing the hang ten thing. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and Jesse just kind of thumbs up like 80 grand so they can do this as he pretends to balance on a surfboard <laughs> so it's breakfast time as everyone sits down we have not seen the children yet as in DJ's children we've seen everyone else's kids DJ says she's got to go to the pet clinic um, uh, Brian Groom their dog swallowed their engagement ring Excuse me, a wedding ring, not an engagement ring. Well, that's what happens when you make the dog the ring bearer, which is probably what she's going to say. Oh, she said making a beagle your best man. There are instances, aren't they, where the some couples will use their dog in the ceremony, like, as a ring bearer. Like, they'll put a little pillow with a ring on it, like, tight to, like, the back of their collar or something. So, of course, Jesse's got to break in here, like, hey, before we eat, there's something I got to say. And he looks at everyone, he's like, damn, I still look good. We still look good, right? And we're like, yes, you all look amazing for having been around for 20 plus years. We get an applaud of that. <laughs> everyone agrees. Of course, Jesse's like, you guys used to tease me about all the hair care products that I use with all the cream and the moisturizer, but my hair and my face, my face is so smooth. It's like a baby's behind. Boom, we get Kimmy Gibbler's entrance. Yeah. Tanneritos as she opens and closes the door like here I am. Of course Kimmy's gotta say like oh wow I'm having an acid flashback. And she's like well I never dropped acid but I think an antacid I've had that. Maybe it's an antacid flashback like oh my goodness. Danny's gonna interject with Kimmy why are you here and to himself he adds why did I never fix the lock on that door? That is the thing with Kimmy in every not every episode but a lot of them, when it came to Kimmy Gibbler, either Danny, Jesse, or Joey would add, we gotta get a lock for that door. We gotta build a moat. We need a guard dog. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, according to DJ, Kimmy, being the event planner, is helping DJ throw a going-away party for Danny since they're selling the house. Or he's selling the house. So, Kimmy f uh, fishes out a business card entitled Gibbler Style. It's her party planning business. She hands the business card to Danny. Like, when you're ready to throw a bash, get a hold of me. We'll do a Gibbler Style. And Danny just takes her business card, looks at her in annoyance, and says, I don't think I want to do anything Gibbler Style. So, Stephanie adds her new job. Well, not new. She's been DJing. 
as a DJ. And her title is DJ Tanner. She's like, the party is going to be off the hook because I, of course, DJ Tanner, will be spinning. And DJ looks at her like, well, I'm DJ Tanner. And Stephanie's like, not you, DJ Tanner. Me, DJ Tanner. It's my official DJ name. So DJ's insulted. Like, why couldn't you just call yourself DJ Stephanie? And D- uh, Stephanie's like, well, there's already a DJ Stephanie. And Canada, <laughs> DJ's like, well, there's already a DJ Tanner. As we cut to the stairs off of the kitchen and we get the kitties. The kiddos are coming down the stairs as Max is like, Aunt Steffi. He calls her Aunt Steffi. Because he's like, Max is like seven and Stephanie is a mouthful. Well, even Michelle used to call, before she said Stephanie, she's like, hi, Steffi. And that's Stephanie's nickname for Max is she'll call him Mighty Max. Of course, we have Jackson, who is DJ's oldest son. He is, I believe, 12. Action Jackson, that is her nickname for him. Although I thought that... (coughs) I thought Jackson kind of calls himself... No, he calls himself J-Money, but I think he did refer to himself once or a few times as Action Jackson. Stephanie pulls up some of these little music clips that have the hottest hits from the London Underground music. Of course, DJ confiscates them right away because there's a bunch of sex, drugs, and alcohol-related lyrics in them that, uh... Oh, no, no, no! Um, DJ says, I hope that it doesn't have any of those things I don't want my kids listening to. As DJ quickly snaps them up out of the boys' hands. Like, okay, no, you're not old enough. Mom said no. So... Max is like, Mom, I already know the bad words. He says, darn booger. And he says Donald Trump, but it does not match up with his mouth. So maybe he was saying poop. Okay, even Becky is like, had it with this fake UK accent that Stephanie's throwing out. Can you please pass the water? And Becky's like, you mean water. And everyone gets in on it. Like, water, water, water. So Stephanie just relents, like, pass the OJ then. DJ, of course, gives us a little timestamp as to how long they've the um, DJ and the boys have been living with Danny, which is the past year since her spouse, Tom, Tommy Sr., passed away. Um, he was a firefighter. And I remember the pilot episode of Full House. It had been three months. Like, they were fresh off of Danny's wife's, you know, Pam's death. And wow. But at least it seems like the kids are definitely well adjusted for it having been a year, which the, the girls in full, that Full House pilot, they seemed not really too, too bad off. So she thanks Danny for taking her and the boys in. So I'm guessing, did she. Maybe she didn't lose her house, but maybe she sold it and was looking for something a little more affordable. Especially if they're in San Francisco, or even California in general. You know that place is expensive as heck. It's very, very expensive. And um, she mentions how she found the cutest little place for her and her three sons. Danny, of course, as you know what selling this house means, we are selling our family home. They almost did that in the season 7 finale. 
That episode was Season 7, Episode 24, entitled A House Divided. That episode, of course, aired on May 17th, 1994. This was back when they didn't know they would be coming back for a final season, Season 8 of Full House. In this episode, a rich man who used to live in the Tanner house makes Danny a handsome offer to buy it back. The rest of the family is excited about moving on to new and bigger places, but Michelle tries to stop the sale so the family won't split up. But then if Jesse and Becky move out two years later, which is understandable because those boys are going to get bigger, uh, that apartment is going to be so, so... It's basically twice the size of what that garage apartment that Joey had was. <laughs> um, but yeah, they did not know if they were going to be coming back. And that would have been a great send-off. I kind of wonder then if Jesse and Becky had moved out two years later, did Michelle raise a big stink about that too? Because that was a whole thing. Everyone else wanted to move out. But Michelle is the one that wants to keep everyone together. The same thing with... Um, Season four's Fuller House, when Jesse and Becky get back from their honeymoon, um, they're, he's all set to move into Becky's place. And Michelle's like, no, we're supposed to stay together. We're supposed to be a big, happy family and everything like that. So that's how they end up making that attic into an apartment. Of course, Kimmy's got to add how, oh, I feel like this is my house, too. I was here more than my other home, my own home. Like, you were, yeah, because I think your parents were a smidge neglectful where they always would rather you stay at the Tanner house than raise you themselves, which is very sad. And also what's kind of sad is that my sister and I, now that, um, you know, our both of our parents are gone, eventually... You know, we have to come to the realization that someone else one day may be living in our house. Our house may eventually be sold to someone that we don't know. And that's hard, even thinking about it now. I mean, that house has a lot of memories. Maybe not all the greatest memories in the world, but memories still. And the idea that, you know, one day someone else... But then again, a lot of people, a lot of people don't always... They don't stay in their own house that they grew up in forever. Not everyone gets to do that. A lot of people move from house to house to house and never really have a place where they've spent the majority of their childhood. And they're, you know, from the point of when they're a child to a teenager to eventually moving out. Not everyone can say they've had that. I've had that. So I kind of get where, where um, Danny's coming from. Because at this point right now, the plan is to sell the house. <coughs> and for DJ and the boys to move into their own place. Oh, here we go. As Kimmy sits down, like, makes me want to kick off my shoes. She puts her shoes, her feet, her bare, bare feet that we all have grown to know. She has the stinkiest feet. She has a very big stinky foot problem. As she sticks her bare foot up on the table, which nobody in their right mind except for Kimmy Gibbler would do that. Because she has no inhibitions whatsoever. Right in Stephanie's face! She puts her foot up there. And Stephanie is aghast, like, oh! And poor Tommy right there in the background is like, Mah! The whole family at that table pulls back like she just threw a piece of roadkill up onto the kitchen counter, or uh, the kitchen table. 
Oh, here we go. We get a hall rude. And her accent is gone. And Becky's like, Steph, is your accent gone? And Stephanie's like, testing? One, two, water? Yep, there we go. It's it's gone. Gone for good. He says, he says, I'm American again. But Max says, yeah, but they smell like he says Trump, which looks like it's ADR'd over this. But it looks like he could say poop or crap or something. <laughs> that is not Trump. As he holds a hand over his nose. Or he's waving his hand in front of his face. Alright, now we cut to the new theme song performed by Carly Rae Jepsen. We get a shot of season, a picture of the Tanner family from season one with Danny, Jesse, Joey, DJ, Stephanie, and Michelle. They're like leaning against the kitchen sink. We have Stephanie sitting on the kitchen counter next to Jesse, right against his shoulder. We have Danny right behind Stephanie with an arm around Jesse's other shoulder. We got baby Michelle being held by Danny. Joey is in the background. He has got a shoulder, uh, hand on DJ's shoulder. Who She is on the opposite side of Jesse. And now we jump to season 7 here. As we get a shot of the Tanner family with Michelle. Everyone is older. DJ went from 11 years old to 16, 17. She's got Steve on her side. Danny on her other side. We have Stephanie behind Michelle, who's in the forefront. We got Kimmy in front of Danny behind Stephanie. We got Joey behind Kimmy. We have Becky holding either Nikki or Alex, and she is... Right next to Jesse, who's on the end, holding Nikki and or Alex. And Michelle, of course, is in the forefront. So the camera pulls away from the family photo. We get a shot of the bridge with Fuller House. With the Fuller House title card. We zoom in on the exterior shot of the house. Going right through those double red doors. We get shots from, I'm guessing this has got to be season... One of Full House with DJ talking on her lip phone. She's about 11 there. Then we get a shot from, I'm guessing it's gotta be season five. Where she's in Michelle's old room, which is now her room. She's gotta be probably about 15 here. She's typing on her old computer. Oh, I see the, um, the pillow person up there on her nightstand. Lip phone is gone. She's got just a regular beige colored corded telephone. We get starring Candace Cameron and we have adult can uh, adult DJ Tanner Fuller pop up. And I love her outfit. It's a really nice blue spaghetti strapped thin um let's see uh it's like thin blouse material. It's like a royal blue. And I love how she kind of shakes her hair out because it's nice and bouncy and curly. It's really, it's just so cool to see the evolution between season one, season five of Fuller House, or, or a full house, excuse me. And then, of course, season one of Fuller House, just to see how much 
the girls have changed, evolved, and they are still as beautiful as ever. We get season one Full House Stephanie in her ballerina costume. She's got that that ballet bar in her room. We get a shot of little Odie, the stuffed animal. We get, I believe this is a shot from season six. I think it might be season six because she's, uh, Jody Sweden here is on her knees. She's got this flowered red dress and she is like, Given comment like a, a bone or a biscuit or something, and he's just trotting off out of the picture, out of the scene here. Jody Sweden looks very beautiful. She's got a really nice necklace that hangs way down to her stomach, and what looks like a burgundy colored short sleeve shirt. I love the poppiness of the theme song. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the Full House theme song. I will always love it. But this new poppy theme song breathes so much new life into this. And just the colors are very bright. They're pink. They're yellow. They're teal. We get Andrea Barber here peering in the doorway. This has got to be probably season four. Because I don't think she was a series regular at least until season four that she was added to the cast. Because there's one where she's opening a door. There's one where she's checking the Tanner's mailbox. There's also a season where she, which might be like season six or seven, where she's like on her own bed and painting her toenails. And yes, we get that from season seven or eight where she is painting her toenails on her bed. And we get adult Kimmy Gibbler wearing this red long-sleeved shirt with black polka dots on it. This is just, it's so beautiful. All right, we get the credits for the kids. We have Michael Campion, Campion as Jackson Fuller. And I like how this is almost like family ties or growing pains, especially growing pains, because with the theme song, you get like at least three or four pictures of the kids f- from their real life childhood pictures. And we get a shot of, I'm guessing this is Michael at maybe two or three years old. And then we get where he is probably about maybe 10 or 11 in the picture below. It's really, really cute. The top one where he's a year old, he's wearing this cute little floppy hat. Like he's like had a day at the beach. And then the other one looks like he's been out surfing because he's wearing what looks like a wetsuit. So each kid gets at least two pictures, one from maybe when they're really little, and then another one that's just maybe a couple years older. Oh, I see Fisherman's Wharf of San Francisco, which I think is a nod to the theme of Fuller House. In that theme song, you see Danny taking DJ and Stephanie to um, fish off the pier. Elias Harger is Max. Oh, I like the pictures they got in the background for... For him, he's, like, probably not even a year old. And he's, like, sticking his tongue out. And he's got this wide grin on his face. And then in the next picture, it looks like he's been playing with, like, 
paints because he's got his hands spread out right on either side of his face. He's got a smile on. Or maybe he's been eating like a chocolate cake and his hands are like covered in like gooey frosting. It's it's so cute. But on um, the pictures, we have yellow, like actual, um, what, pictures of like maybe the house of San Francisco, but then um, what's inside of that yellow border is going to be on top and bottom, there is like a bunch of seals that are out sunning themselves. And then on the bottom where it says Elias Harger, we see one single seal just showing off his stuff. Like, look at me, look at me. I'm adorable. We get Sonny Nicole Bringas, who we have not, we did not meet in that opening, but we're going to meet. And she looks really cool. I'm not sure if this is, this picture is like from a possible like, um, foreign uh, land country somewhere. I'm not sure. But her colors are like fuchsia and then like teal. And then we get a picture of Sunny when she is maybe she's got to be at least maybe three. And she's wearing a red sleeveless what looks like a top with like a little red skirt that's got like an intricate swirly design and then on the bottom she looks like she's maybe five or six and she's wearing like a reddish orange zip up hoodie but where her name comes in Sunny Nicole Bringus she's wearing a really simple long sleeved heather gray shirt with stars that are colored red and blue it's really really pretty I like how they have Dashiell and, and Fox Messett as Tommy. And they have a picture of... Well, the twins are not that old. How many, are they a year? They might be at least a year. But those pictures that they put up there, those babies don't look much older than the current picture they have. But I like the fact that they went like this instead of with the whole... Mary Kate Ashley Olsen where you think it's just being done by one baby and the thing is when I listened to the audio commentary of the pilot episode of Full House um it was commentary by Jeff Franklin and he said he didn't include the twins in the credit he didn't have uh, them credited because he didn't know how many episodes that they were going to use the girls like how many episodes that um the twins as baby Michelle, how many they were going to appear. So maybe she was only going to be shown every once in a while, maybe not be a permanent main focus. Because at the point, they didn't really know what they had too much until when they started giving Michelle lines, I think is when they realized that they had struck gold with these kids. And really all of the kids, and even these kids being the next generation of Tanners. Or Tanner Fuller. Because they have the Tanner DNA in them. And I love what they did here. Special guest stars. John Stamos. So they have a picture of Jesse. I'm guessing this has got to be... What's this opening from? Maybe season 4 or 5? Where Jesse is wearing a cream-colored jacket... 
with a black v-neck short sleeve shirt underneath and jeans and he's strumming a guitar because you know jesse's a musician they want to showcase that they have him reprising that shot and they do that for him they also do that for bob saget dave coulier Lori laughlin it's just i love it and the guys are mimicking I'm um, their actions of... So this is going to be season one, Danny in the Letterman's jacket, catching that... It looks like it's a signed football. Of course, Bob Saget is recreating that in the shot next to him. Next to season one, Danny, Tanner, Bob Saget credit, you have Fuller House, season one, episode one. Bob Saget, Danny Tanner. And he looks like he's just in the backyard of the Tanner house. Because you have trees in the background. Whereas in the season one credits, you have him in a park somewhere. Next we get Dave Coulier. In season one, he is wearing what looks like... I can't... It says... He's wearing a shirt that's black. And it says, like, persons on it. But it looks like it's got, like chameleon lizards and maybe like an alien book i can't i'm just going whatever whatever's on there but in the shot next to him because in the back it's just like he's sitting on the grass somewhere and they have him doing the same thing in the 2016 version shot and it's got some leaves on the grass and everything and he's got his hand out in both shots and he's like, what are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. So he's doing the same motions. We have Lori Laughlin here. And this has got to be from season... This is going to be maybe season four? Or maybe... No, maybe it's season five or six. Where she is bending down and smelling some really pretty flowers. And she's wearing a light tan skirt with a long-sleeved button-up red top. In the next shot, she looks like she is in the Tanner's backyard. We see uh, a potted hanging plant, which is like a fern. We see a fish hey, uh, on the back of the porch there that's hanging on the, the siding. And we see some really pretty flowers that she's smelling. She's wearing some white pants and a pink long-sleeved button-up shirt. Okay, I gotta say, I think that's gotta be season four Lori Laughlin in the left-handed picture. Special guest star, Scott Winger. We see Steve. He plays Steve, Stephen Hale. Um, in an episode of season five, I believe, he goes, uh, he is first introduced as Steve Peters, and then later on when he's reintroduced as DJ's boyfriend in the season six opener, he is Stephen Hale. So we get the shot from, I'm guessing, season six, where he is raiding the Tanner's fridge. He's got a jar of pickles in one hand and he's got what looks like maybe leftover pot roast or something in his other hand. He's basically in the door of the fridge. The door of the fridge is hanging back behind him and he is just grabbing for stuff. 
In the 2016 version, of course, you can see that this is a different stainless steel fridge. He's got a jar of what looks like it might be some type of um, jelly preserves. And what looks like either... I'm going to go with mini corn dogs or cheesy fries. We got Blake Tamoy Will Hoyt and Dylan Tamoy Will Hoyt. They played... Nikki and Alex Katsopoulos in the season 6 scene, or maybe season 7. Poor comment does not want to be there. Like, I don't want these kids laying on me. Or he's just really subdued and like, do whatever you want, little. Because Nikki and Alex on the left have got to be maybe 3 years old tops. And in the right hand scene, we get a shot, uh, a framed photo on the fireplace mantle of the Tanner home of one of the twins smiling at the camera and the other one on the left has got a ooh like they're like wowed by something and we see of course the adult twins there one is doing the ooh and the other one's like ah smile and we pull away from the house to a picture frame on the wall of the current cast. DJ with her sons. We have DJ in the forefront holding baby Tommy. We have Stephanie on the left of her with an arm around Jackson. We have little Max in front of Stephanie. We have on the right hand side next to just behind Tommy. We have Kimmy with her daughter Ramona. And that is the description of the theme song. I hope you enjoyed it. For those of you that uh, really get a kick out of that, I had fun. All right, looks like it's nighttime. So school day has passed, breakfast has passed, it's Friday, because they said that they're heading out on the weekend. So kids had to go to school, school day's done. Let's have a major blowout bash party. So we are in the girls' former room. Where DJ has been sleeping with baby Tommy's got his crib in there. And it's nighttime. The girls are dressed to party. DJ is wearing a very nice dress that's black on the front. And then on the side you got your light blue, your dark blue. It's, It's a very pretty dress. The dress that Stephanie's wearing that, yes, does accentuate her chest very, very much fully on display there. Which, you know, that's not a criticism. That's not a complaint. She, Jody Sweet is a very pretty girl. I see a frame of six pictures that's just above and to the left of the crib. What looks like Cam, um, DJ, Kimmy, and Stephanie. It looks like that might be a picture of maybe baby Max and some other photos but it's kind of you can't really see it too too much that's kind of what I'm making out here and there there may be pictures of say DJ with her husband Tommy we haven't seen anything yet okay so this is interesting here so DJ's saying how I can't believe I'm living back in my old bedroom I moved in here when I was five so when she was five Because when the series started, A Full House, DJ was 10, Stephanie was 4. That's a six-year age difference. So Danny would have bought that house with Pam and DJ. Stephanie 
would not have been born for at least another year. Maybe, my guess is Pam was pregnant with Stephanie when Danny just said, hey, let's buy this house. Maybe he had just gotten the job as a sportscaster. So I like that Jody Sweden makes a reference like, oh, it's a circle of life. Oh, and look, there's Simba as uh, DJ lifts Tommy out of his crib. And it's almost like Raviki Simba style on Pride Rock. <laughs> okay, so as DJ brings Tommy over, she says, Tommy, say hi to your Aunt Stephanie. So Tommy's only, what, maybe about a year old at this point or so? So is he's never met Stephanie is my guess. I mean, you can't tell me that DJ has not come back for that funeral. She would have come back to support her sister. So DJ hands baby Tommy off to Stephanie like, hey buddy, how you doing? Of course, Tommy's eyes are right centered on Stephanie's chest. And Stephanie's like, oh buddy, my eyes are up here, okay? <laughs> As she makes a, a little, uh, baby feeding joke like uh no that that shop is closed <laughs> oh she says <laughs> i know this might lo uh look like lunch accentuate you know her chest like but this dairy queen is closed <laughs> i thought that was cute we see that tommy is actually on formula but then again he's probably not too far off having been breastfed so i mean i don't know if the twins that played Tommy were still being, you know, fed that way or not, or whether they had moved on to formula. But, I mean, they're seeing, seeing that, and that's probably exactly where his mind is going. So Stephanie's like, here, you, you go back to mommy. <laughs> she hands Tommy back to DJ. Like, okay. So DJ goes and puts Tommy back in his crib. So I guess it was just for the introduction of Tommy and Stephanie. And DJ... Or Stephanie goes over to DJ, kind of asks, like, hey, how are you holding up? I know it's been a year. I know a lot of things are changing. Dad's selling the house. You and your boys got a place that you're going to be moving into. And DJ's like, yes, I have three boys that count on me for everything. So she's really going to emphasize a lot, almost like she's putting this on her family. Like, I don't want to say it's so much manipulative or she's conning them or guilting them into because Stephanie and Kimmy make the decision together like hey we are going to help you out I'll get to that scene when we get that's towards the end of this episode so this is where we find out that uh, DJ's late husband Tommy Sr. was a firefighter and unfortunately he passed away while he was putting out a blaze you know, he's doing something he loved. He was helping people. And DJ points out, like, he would want me to be strong for our children. So, in a way, it does kind of feel like DJ is throwing this on to Stephanie. Like, I wish you would spend more time with your nephews. You know how much they love you. And, of course, we're seeing Stephanie as the Uncle Jesse type. Everyone in the show is going to have their roles. Jackson is going to, you know the oldest sibling. He's going to be like a DJ. Max is the middle child. He's going to be like Stephanie. Little baby Tommy, until he actually starts to have speaking lines, is going to be like the baby Michelle. Everyone here has their roles and their titles. 
Stephanie's going to be like Uncle Jesse. She's got her music. She's DJing. She's traveling around. She doesn't want any real commitments. No strings attached. That's why she's not in any type of a relationship at the moment. She just likes to have her own life and do her own thing. Kimmy is the Uncle Joey type. She's the funny one. She's the one who goes for a lot of laughs. She's awkward. You know, that's just who Kimmy is. Kimmy, of course, herself has a teenage daughter who is right around Jackson's age. So she herself is not a single parent necessarily. She does have a husband who she is currently estranged from. They're separate, but they're not divorced. And we will get to meet him. So yeah, it does kind of, at this point, it's starting to feel like DJ is goading Stephanie a bit. Like, don't you want to have kids? Settle down. We will get into that in a few episodes. That is going to come back in a major, major way. And that is going to be Stephanie's arc of the show. That is going to start in season one, going all the way up to the end of season four. And yes, I will be covering season five when it comes out. Whether I do one episode a week, two episodes a week, I most likely will watch them myself and then I will go back and cover them. I think that's what I'm going to do. Because I want to, you know, enjoy them for for myself and all the specialness and then I'll go back and go through them and then that way we can all enjoy them together. So we get a flashback to the pilot episode of Full House as DJ is reminiscing like, as Stephanie says, you were a great big sister and a great mom. And, of course, DJ's like, well, I wasn't always a great big sister. Remember when you moved in here and how I put a rope, a cray paper streamer rope across the bedroom, dividing my half from your half? And Stephanie's like, yeah, I remember. I went over to this curtain and I hopped up so I could move, you know, to be able to get out of the room. And, of course, Stephanie doesn't just want to emphasize, like, this curtain here, like I grabbed it. She jumps up and grabs said curtain, thus yanking it down. And, of course, this is going to cause a little disruption as the guys all come in. Danny, Jesse, Joey, like, hey, what's going on here? Who started what? And they're like, what's going on? And DJ and Stephanie, like, oh, nothing, nothing. Like, eh, yeah. Danny's like, who did this? And, of course, DJ and Stephanie point at each other. Like, oh, it was her. It was her. So Joey's like, hey, do you think they should be grounded? And uh, Jesse's like, eh, let us all three guys here deliberate. Jesse turns around like, all right, we've decided to let you all have mercy. <laughs> so we get our have mercy in there. So like, all right, say you're sorry and hug it out. And say I love you and hug it out. That is Danny saying, hug it out, hug it out. So, the guys are happy with the show of emotion. DJ, Stephanie, hug. They're like, alright, go back to the party. Which, everyone is downstairs having the time of their lives. So, the girls leave the room. And Danny, of course, like, hey, I can't thank you guys enough for when you moved in here. All the sacrifices you made for me. He puts his arms like, alright, bring it in, bring it in. Hug, hug, hug. And Jesse's like, seriously, we just did this. So, Danny and Jesse leave. Joey, of course, goes to help baby Tommy, who's crying in his crib. And this is where we get the appearance of Mr. Woodchuck. Yay, Mr. Woodchuck. So, yeah, Dick. (laughs) Joey uses Mr. Woodchuck to try to cheer up baby Tommy, but that only upsets him that much more further as Mr. Woodchuck is trying to sing the Rockabye Baby song. And baby Tommy is just not having it. This 
puppet is just freaking him out too much. Now we cut downstairs to the party where we have a lot of guests. We see Danny's new wife. Her name is Terry. Terry Tanner. She's played by Eva Eva LaRue, who I mostly remember her as Maria Santos. Maria Santos Gray from All My Children. She played Edmund Gray's wife. I believe she was on from 93, but then she kind of bounced around. I think she came back like in the early, uh, early aughts. But here, we only really see her pretty much for this scene, and that is pretty much it. There's no real depth to it. I don't even think he says her name. <laughs> so she kisses Danny, calling him the sexiest man alive, and he's like, easy, Mrs. Tanner. <laughs> There's kids and grandkids around. Like, let's keep it at least PG. So she's excited about them going back to L.A. where there will be no kids or grandkids around and they can just get as crazy and wild as they want. And he makes a joke about the feather duster and she's like, oh, I love it when you talk clean to me. Which, it's a little throwback to Danny Tanner's cleanliness trait. Which, I'm sure we can all agree was a level, like, semi-OCD-ish cleanliness level. Now we cut over to where the beverages are. We got uh, fruit punch in a large bowl. We have champagne for the adults or people that are at least over 21. And (laughs) Becky's like, oh, I see you boys dressed up for the party. And by dressed up, she's like, you wore shirts that didn't have holes in them. They're pretty much wearing exactly what they were when they entered. The only difference is now one of them is wearing one of those hats that kind of are hanging off the back of your head. And I believe Nikki is wearing a sleeveless, a hooded plaid sleeveless shirt. And Alex, of course, is wearing a Dark gray, light gray, yellow striped zip-up hoodie. So Nikki makes the announcement that after they graduate college, they are moving to L.A. and opening a fish taco truck. Oh, boy. And Jesse is like, well, at least you guys have a plan. Nikki's like, yeah, I mean, just we pretty much just need you to buy us fish, tacos, and a truck. Like, ugh. They've made Nikki and Alex out to be lazy layabouts that are not quite college dropouts. And Alex, like, slaps his dad on the shoulder like, Hey, until we make it big, we are moving back in with you guys. As Becky spits out her champagne after she hears, like, like, Oh no, you are not moving back in with us. We got rid of you. These kids, they're, well, they're not exactly kids, are they? They're well over 21, and it's absolutely embarrassing. So, if they've been going to school for six years, and they maybe started when they're 18, so 8, 19, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, they're 23 years old, and they are just absolutely, it's just embarrassing to see what they, these two boys have become, men have become. Alright, we get Max coming in with his sweater vest over his long-sleeved button-up shirt. 
He's got some Febreze in one hand, a paper towel in the other. Like, hey, spill patrol, nobody panic, I got this. So this is something they immediately drop after this episode. They're like, oh, Danny's little mini-me here, Max, is also into cleaning, which... I'm happy they kind of dropped this. Like, give this kid his own interests and everything. We don't need him to be a carbon copy mini Danny. So Max rips off a piece of paper towel like, Hey, Grandpa, you want a piece of the action? And Danny comments on the Febreze and the three-ply paper towel and tells Max he is cleaning at housekeeper level. Doorbell rings. DJ gets it. We got Ramona Gibbler. Kimmy's daughter with her estranged husband, Kimmy's estranged husband, Fernando, who is not painted very well in this episode. We learned that he is a cheating cad, has hurt Kimmy very much, cheated on her, just... And DJ's not got anything good to say about Fernando. Like, Fernando, what are you doing here other than dropping off your daughter? You can leave now. Oh, DJ refers to Fernando as Kimmy's ex-husband as we cut to Kimmy rolling her eyes like, Oh my god, I gotta deal with this. Tell me about nights. As Fernando's like, uh, not ex, we are still technically married. We got a couple uh, Ripper bandmates over by the stairs there. We got um, Gary, who... This guy's been with the Rippers since season one. He is the ginger guy, although you wouldn't be able to tell because his hair is snow white now. But that guy had, like, curly ginger hair to the point where it was a ponytail. It was Michael Bolton blown out to the back of the room at one point, but now it's just short. (laughs) DJ wants Fernando to get lost because it's going away party. She tells him to get lost, go away, and... Fernando is like, no, Kimmy, my love, mi amor, my name is Fernando something something, Fernando something or other. Fernando <laughs> refers to himself as a Kimmy Gibbler-aholic. And Joey, of course, has got to throw his two cents in, like, Kimmy Gibbler, really? Oh my god. I've known this girl since she was 11 years old. I can't see her having been with anybody. Well, Ramona is the product of Kimmy and Fernando's love, so <laughs> she did reproduce with somebody. And Fernando here, of course, has to add how he has seduced many, many beautiful women of the world. And Kimmy's like, yeah, exactly. Some during our marriage. So she points out, yeah, he's been cheating on her. So Danny and Joey cannot believe what they're hearing that apparently Kimmy Gibbler is a sex goddess. Many, many, many secrets of the Kama Sutra from faraway lands of the greatest, deepest, darkest India. Danny's got to interject here, like, Kimmy Gibbler, this Kimmy Gibbler knows Kama Sutra. Okay, I'm calling you out. I don't think she does. I think you're full of it. (coughs) And Kimmy turns to Danny like, yes, this Kimmy Gibbler. Are you kidding? Of course. She turns to Fernando, tells him, okay, you need to leave now. Ramona gets introduced, and of course we get uh, her, what Kimmy refers to Danny, Jesse, and Joey as, Kimmy refers to them as Cleany, Dreamy, and Weenie. Well, we can know, we pretty much know who she's referring to. Alright, we got a dance party going on as we got DJ 
Stephanie Tanner in the his house on the mic. Let's take it way, way back to the late 80s with new kids on the block as everyone gets into dance mode here. Even the kids. The girls get it started and they are looking awesome. And then we cut to the guys with the uh, Jackson. They're all having a great time. This is just so fun. This is so cool. Here we go. Doors opening. Who's coming through? It's Steve. Steve is in the house. So DJ goes up to hug Steve. Says, hey, thanks for coming by. And Steve's like, well, are you kidding me? Look at this display of food. Of course I'm going to stop by. Because we all know Steve from the original series. He was a wrestler in high school. Big appetite. That was one of his biggest things was his appetite. Always about the food. I mean, you saw in that opening, he was right in the fridge. So we do have a connection between DJ and Steve. Other, Not just that they dated at one point, but Steve has... You remember the family dog, Comet? Well... Comet, who's long past, you know, left this earth, he's moved on to doggy heaven, has a granddaughter. This is Steve's dog, Comet Jr. Jr., who is going into labor. And Steve makes a joke about how he's the one who's putting on all the pregnancy weight. Because, of course, being this is Fuller House, next generation, we're going to need a family dog. And, of course, that family dog is going to come from the lineage of the original Comet. Keep moving that bloodline along. However, I kind of wonder, DJ's a vet. Is she going to do the responsible thing and snip, snip, neuter Cosmo, who is the new dog of the show? <laughs> we will meet in a later episode. So, of course, we get to the heart of ma the matter here. Steve knows DJ is a widow. He still wants DJ to know, I am available. I know you're not ready to start anything new or restart something old. But when you are ready, I am ready. You just give me the word. I will be here. Like, we will give the fans what they want. What they want is Steve and DJ. Together forever. Walking down the aisle. Granted, I gotta see, I mean, in season five, I'm sure they are going to get married. However, DJ is just about 40 years old. I she's got three kids. I really can't see her wanting another child. So we get, oh, cut over to the beverage table. Jackson is talking to Uncle Jesse, like, hey, Uncle Jesse, how old were you when you got your first motorcycle? Jesse's like, well, I was 10. Jackson's like, 10? I'm only 13. And I only have a dirt bike. I'd be like, buddy, you have a dirt bike. Not many 13-year-olds can say they would even get that. <laughs> and I like how we get a little safety thing here as Uncle Jesse says, well, that was back in the 70s when I was 10. And that was back in the age when parents really didn't care or people didn't care about their kids getting hurt as... Basically a reference as to now where parents are maybe a smidge overprotective with their kids' safety. Maybe not so much, just depending on where you are on the end of, edge of the spectrum there. So DJ, Je Jesse kind of leaves the scene there and DJ comes over like, Hey, Jackson, please talk to Ramona. And Jackson's like, oh, I really don't want to. She's such a pain in the butt. And DJ's like, I, are you still upset about your sixth birthday party? Jackson had a cowboy birthday party. Ramona blew out his candles, took his wish, which of course was for Ramona to leave, and rode away on his pony that was there. 
And DJ's like, hey, she's a gibbler. They know not what they do. So DJ pushes Jackson over to Ramona. Just say, hey. He's like, hey. She's like, hey. Immediately they pull out their phones because teenagers with phones, right? That's how kids communicate. Hardly anyone probably as a can say that they talk on the phone anymore unless you're 25, 30 years old. Or 50 years old. See, back in my day, back in my day, see, I make myself sound old. I used to talk on the phone a lot. See, this was a landline phone where you actually had to um, punch in the buttons. You couldn't see the person you were talking to. You couldn't FaceTime them. And long distance was expensive even back then. I had a friend that lived like maybe 20 plus 30 miles away. And I, it was long distance to call her on the phone. So DJ and Kimmy are like, no, 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 no. You put your phones away. Put them away. You talked. You're like two feet away from each other. Converse. Hang out. That kind of thing. Like Kimmy and I used to do when we were your age. Becky comes down with baby Tommy because she, the thing about her, she's got baby fever. She wants to have another baby because of her train wreck of twin boys that are going nowhere fast. And if you hear that sound in the background, that's Quinn um, chowing down on some cat food. So Becky's like, oh, look who's awake. And then DJ goes to take her son. And Becky does not want to let him go. Like, She's like practically like trying to yank her son out of Becky's arms. DJ's like, you can give him back now. And Becky's like, live it up now because once... You know, uh, you look and, and the next thing you know, they turn into that and Nikki and Alex are, like, sucking up helium out of balloons and doing the Elvin and the Chipmunks voice. Like, hi, mom! Like, ugh. Like I said, they turn Nikki and Alex into sh- utter embarrassment. Like, I-, I feel so bad. I mean, come on. Seriously? Why did they have to do that with them? I know they're just bit players. They're not really going to be in the show hardly at all. Which is understandable because it's about the new kids, not Nikki and Alex. But couldn't they have done something good with them? I mean, Michelle gets to run a fashion line for crying out loud. You could have Nikki and Alex running a construction company or something to that effect. Cassopolis Bros. Construction Company. Although, granted, we've seen Jesse's uh, construction work when it comes to that attic and, say, when he was installing the door for the studio downstairs. And locked him and Joey inside. So now DJ, as she's holding baby Tommy, looks around the room and says, After tonight, you're leaving, as she points to Stephanie. And then you guys are leaving, as she points to Jesse and Becky. You're leaving, she points to Danny. You already left, as she points to Joey. And then, of course, I hope you're leaving, as she points to the other Rippers, who all toast their... Champagne glasses at her. They haven't said anything. My gosh, DJ, chill. And she goes and puts her arm around Jackson. And Jackson puts an arm around Max. Like, oh, it's just going to be me and the boys. And at this point, is she kind of goading them into hoping that she'll guilt them into staying? That they won't leave? That she's like, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Um... That she can't do it herself. 
I mean, I know at first I said she's not really being manipulative, but it almost is starting to come off that way just a little bit. Like, she keeps throwing these things out. Like, it's just gonna be me and the boys, me and the boys. She's like, oh, we can do this. There's lots of single moms out there. Sweetie, your dad did it. Of course, he did it with the help of your Uncle Jesse and Joey, but there are single mothers that can raise children even without the help of their family and friends. They can do it. It might be tough, but they can do it. <laughs> so, DJ... Er, <laughs> uh, she's like, we'll be fine. It'll be fine. Stephanie gets back on the mic says, Hey, let's get Uncle Jesse to sing the song that he hates and we love. It was a hit in Japan in 92. Forever. Yeah, he does not want to sing this song. He says, I've been singing this forever. And Becky just looks at him aghast like... Sweetheart, this was our wedding song. You sang this to me at our wedding. I kind of think they might have the math here wrong. It's Jesse's like, my beautiful Becky, who I've been with for 28 years. Well, she came on in 1988, which is... Well, no, he said 28 years. And I think... Didn't they start dating at the end of season two? Hold on. Okay, so I have season two of Full House pulled up. They meet in season two, episode two, Tanner versus Gibbler. They share a kiss under the mistletoe in our very first Christmas show, season two, episode nine. When she's going home to Nebraska for the holidays, there the Tanners and Kasapoli are going to Kasapolis are going to Colorado. Season two, episode eleven is when Becky bids. $1,700 for at the auction for a date with Jesse. Little Shop of Sweaters. He gets a... It's a Valentine's Day episode that he gets a gift for Becky and says that he wants to be able to date her on a regular basis. And Baby Love, where Becky's nephew, Howie from Nebraska, comes... Uh, to hang out with Michelle. It is said that Jesse and Becky have not, I think they've been dating for maybe a couple months tops, maybe three tops, because they were talking about baby names and arguing over baby names and stuff. And he's like, hey, why don't we make a deal? Let's wait on baby names until we've been dating at least like three months or six months. Okay, so the season two finale is going to be that two-parter luck be a lady where they almost get married. They almost elope in, uh, at the Alibaba Hotel and Casino in, um, in Lake Tahoe. Okay, okay. So that is the start of their um, time together. So he probably means we've been together for 28 years, which would be right around 1988. All right. And he's singing the song John Stamos isn't away, but it's ADR probably with his younger voice probably in season four when they first got married because his voice does not sound like that when he's singing. It's just very clearly you can tell. That is cute, her singing with him, though. I like that. It's almost like a callback to their wedding. When he was singing to her, she sat down on the piano bench next to him, and they were just singing, and it was so beautiful. And I love how the cast, everybody just gets into it. They, they're just swaying back and forth, arms around each other. It's so sweet. So he completes the song. Danny wants to jump in there and starts hitting 
a stick against something else and he wants to sing the song wild thing and everyone else kind of departs like okay we don't need to hear this we don't need to hear you singing danny bye the rippers are into it i mean they gotta have something to do other than just be um cardboard cutouts in the background all right and after we depart from this scene of the living room that is the last scene we will ever see terry tanner in we never see her again we do hear that danny and her eventually divorce all right so let's check out the age difference between ava larue who plays terry tanner she was born in 1966 and Bob Saget was born in 1956, so there's a full 10-year age difference. Actually, 10.5-year uh, age difference, actually. So if he's like in his late or mid-50s, then she is like 45. So Ramona comes from the kitchen into the living room. She's on her phone, probably texting a friend. Screaming to Kimmy, Mom, let's go. We want to go home. Why are we still doing? What are we still doing here? Ramona's over it. She wants to go home. All right. We cut to Jackson, who's sitting on the couch, and Max runs in from outside into the kitchen or into the living room as he's throwing away garbage bags full of party trash. And he's out of breath and. She- I want to play this little clip here because it's kind of funny, this whole setup with what Jackson is doing to Max with the, oh, let's see how fast you can take these garbage bags out. How'd I do? In 29 seconds, you still got two more garbage bags to break your record. (laughs) Ready? Your mom told Jackson to take out the trash. He's using you. Um, no. I'm just giving my little bro a chance to set the world record in trash takeout. (laughs) Max, you don't have to do what he says. Yeah, I do. Jackson implanted a tiny explosive in my brain. (laughs) That he can detonate at any moment. (laughs) Oh, please. He just stole that from Mission Impossible. Max, 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 don't listen to her. And do it. Blow his head up. Yeah. Blow my head up. (sighs) All right, fine. I made it up. How dare you! And you can start making your own bed, too! Wow, thanks, Ramona. So glad I only see you once a year. I'll time you. So I thought that was a really cute scene where Jackson was timing Max to see how long it took him to take the trash out with each bag. He it was at 29 seconds. He goes to try to break that record. Ramona stops Max, says, hey, what are you doing? Jackson, your mom told you to take the trash out. And Jackson's like, oh, well, my little brother's just helping me out here. And Max says that Jackson implanted a bomb in his brain or something that he can detonate at any time. And Ramona's like, yeah, right. Jackson, why don't you try to blow up his his head and see what happens. And Max looks at Ramona like, okay, yeah, yeah, Jackson, blow my head up. And Jackson caves like, all right, I didn't actually implant a bomb in your brain or anything like that. 
So Max is angry. He shoves that bag of trash at Jackson and heads to the stairs, turns and says, you can start making your own bed too. Of course, Jackson's angry with Ramona. Why'd you do that? Now I gotta take this trash out. And Ramona's like, oh, I'll time you. <laughs> now we cut to the kitchen here as DJ has got leftovers ready to go to be put in the fridge for future eats. Steve being the food guy that he is. Oh, oh, he's taking a lot of that stuff home. Okay, well, less stuff to put in the fridge then, right? So Steve is eyeing those pudding cups, those snack packs, and he's like, can I have those? And DJ's like, well, those are for the kids. Do you put pudding cups, those snack packs in the fridge? I've never done that with those before. Although I did get some really good ones. There's like a churro flavored one and then there's like a cinnamon chocolate flavored one. Which when I went to Wyoming last summer, I saw those at um, Walmart and I'm like, I gotta get those. I thought they were like only like with Wyoming, like certain states have certain ones. But then I get back home and I'm like, oh, they have them here too. I guess it wasn't an original thing. Oh, <laughs> Steve's like, oh, here, as he pulls out of his back pocket a Lunchable. Like, I guess you'll want these. Why are you taking their food? Those kids, they need those Lunchables. I mean, Steve's got, let's see, one, two, three, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six containers of leftovers. Some that have carrots and celery and radishes and some other stuff. But you got plenty of stuff, guy. And he's a podiatrist. He can afford his own Lunchables and his Otter Pops that he pulls out of his pocket. So Steve, of course, is like, hey, I always thought you and I would wind up together. And then he starts singing forever and DJ cuts him off like, please don't, don't do that. <laughs> You're ruining a classic. And she tells him just stick to podiatry. And Steve has a throwback here where he says, hey, I should have just asked you to marry me at the prom. Well, he took her to her prom, even though she went to his prom. But the series finale of Full House, he comes to take her to her senior prom. And DJ's like, kind of like, no, we were kids. You were 18 and 19. Guys, you did not need to be getting married. Which she, of course, makes a very major point in saying, like, we were chill. We were kids. We... That wouldn't have worked out. And DJ's like, as I recall, you're the one that got married first. And apparently Steve is also divorced. And his wife took his money and what little bit of hair he has left on his head. Because you know that Steve had a big, good amount of hair on his head. Um, I was thinking about this one day at work as I was thinking about this episode. And I was thinking in season... Five, six, where DJ goes to Steve's prom and he sees his old girlfriend Rachel Rachel Taylor. I'm thinking, what if he reconnected with her? And I'm kind of thinking, what if he had? She got tired of him, divorced him because she broke up with him. And what if they got back together, got married? He's like, well, if DJ is with someone else, then I'll settle for Rachel, my ex. And she's like, eh, I really don't want to be married to you. I'm going to take all your money and so on and so forth. So this is 2016. Jackson is 13. So 
2003 he would have been born. DJ graduated in, what, 95 when the show ended. So 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, and 2, and 3. So that's 8 years of DJ, you know, of course, going to veterinary school, college. I wonder if she eventually transferred to Stanford. But I don't know. Um... <clears throat> That's why I was just kind of wondering. So eight years in that eight years, she met Tommy Fuller and got married and everything like that. So, so DJ pretty much makes it clear, like, hey, let's just stay friends for now. Let's not rock that boat. And Steve, of course, makes a point and like, oh yeah, we'll be friends, single friends. Like, yes, single. She's. It's been a year since her husband died. So, Steve, you gotta back it up. She is not ready for that. He's got the Adder Pops. Of course they're starting to melt. They're right next to your hip. Of course that body heat is going to, those things are going to defrost. They're going to be liquefied. They're probably going to break. They're going to go all over your pants. So Steve heads out. There's a ding on Stephanie's phone. She gets an upgrade on her flight to Brazil because she's a DJ and she's going on a tour of uh, DJing around the world. So Stephanie announces that she is booked solid for the next few months. So let's take a little uh, look-see-poo here at this chore chart as we have divided carpool, laundry, groceries, mommy and me, of course she has to have mommy and me classes for her and Tommy, and then meal planning. It all says DJ. I understand where that continuity came in because I saw before that chart said dad and DJ in different areas. But now it just says, uh, all says DJ. Oh, she is erasing her dad's name and putting her name in there. So it's the next day. Danny's got his rolling travel case as he's getting ready to head out the door. Kimmy comes in and Danny, of course, says, Kimmy, why don't you ever knock? What if I was in my underwear? That's a joke that I think Jesse used in Full House at one point. Like, why don't you ever knock? And Kimmy's like, well, I checked. No one was in their underwear. And Kimmy here says that her second story window looked into Danny's bedroom. I find that hard to believe. And she goes even personal asking him if he ever got that mole checked out. That's TMI. Major TMI, Kim. So Danny asks the obvious question, like, why are you here, Kimmy? What do you want? And according to Kimmy, her business allows for her to follow up. She always, policy, follow up with the customer. Make sure they are 100% Gibbler satisfied. And Danny's like, I hate, I can't believe I'm going to say it. But yeah, I was satisfied. That party was great. Did an amazing job. We get an applause when they hug. Because she said the one thing she wants, she's never gotten from him, is a hug. Although, he does hug her in a season one episode. I think it's the... We're DJ DJ's day off where he hugs her like he's hugging his kids going down the line one because he's leaving for LA to cover a surfing competition and he's like I'll miss you I'll miss you I'll miss you oh and I'll miss you and Kimmy's 11 year old face just starts her eyes like bug out like what is this why are you hugging me I mean I like it here you're a great guy but why are you hugging me? So Kimmy comes, Kimmy, sorry, DJ comes in with baby Tommy in her arms. She's saying that Tommy's not feeling well. She sits down. Max is with her and she says, Kimmy, can you please go and 
get uh, warm Tommy's bottle up for him. Ramona comes in complaining, Mom, I thought this was going to be a quick stop. Kimmy says, Sweetie, I gotta help DJ. Just make yourself at home. You're a gibbler. That's what I always did. So, DJ figures Tommy's got an ear infection. She's got some drops in the kitchen. She goes to take him into the kitchen. However, the doorbell rings. Danny answers it. And it is Steve. He's got Cosmo Jr. Jr. I mean, Comet Jr. Jr. I'm sorry. We haven't reached the Cosmo Jr. Jr. level of the show. Fullest House coming out 2030. Or 2050. We don't know. I don't know if it would go that far. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Fullest House? So, yeah. If they did a Fullest House, which who knows. If they... The startup date of 2016 like they did with Full House. 1987-2016. We could do... 2016... 29 years after that would be 2045. Good golly. <laughs> and I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm starting to rush this. It's just this. I don't want it to go over two hours like the other one, guys. I promise the other episodes are not going to be like this. It's not going to be this drawn out. So he says that Comet Jr. Jr. has been in labor all night and the puppies are not coming. So, DJ's got to go into vet mode here, especially, I mean, she's got baby Tommy to worry about. Max, of course, is, like, excited. Comet Jr. Jr. is having puppies. He's like, this is better than Shark Week. So, Max was bringing in that medical bag, which, of course, the actor was probably, he was just told to bring it into the scene because you're going to need it later. DJ hands off baby Tommy to Kimmy, takes Comet Jr. Jr. from Steve, and heads through the kitchen door to take... Comet Jr. Jr. to the backyard. So, Danny yells to DJ, who's already in the kitchen, like, hey, can you take the dog outside? I don't need to get, you know, bloody, you know, puppy birth all over my kitchen because the house is being shown on Wednesday. So we find out that Ramona was born in a rental car and Kimmy, of course, lost her deposit because, of course, you would. Although, what if you cleaned it? Just took it and, like, had someone professionally clean it. Maybe you could get it back. But then again, I mean, if you're going to give birth, you don't always get to choose where it happens. It could happen in your house. It could happen on the way to the hospital. It could happen wherever. Sometimes not always in a hospital. All right, now we're in the backyard. We have a little kiddie pool where Comet Jr. Jr. is delivering the first puppy. And it's a boy. And it's not a real dog in that wrapped up towel because it is just... Like, a fake stuffed dog. So, Max is, like, overjoyed. He wants to oversee everything. He's like, oh, it's a boy! I want to have a dog! Steve, can I have one of the puppies? And, of course, Steve's like, well, I don't care. I mean, it's up to your mom. And DJ has already got so much on her plate. She's really wound up tight here because she is just stressed with baby Tommy being sick. Now she's having to deliver... You know, she's basically, everyone's leaving. Everything is going to be thrown on to DJ with the kids. And she immediately says, Max, no, you cannot. That, I don't need the added responsibility. Although Max does say, well, you said, Mom, I could get a dog. Remember after my goldfish died? And he's like, remember, Jackson, you were there? She said that exact same thing. Yeah, and she puts a hand like, sweetie, I said one day I will get you a dog. I have so much on my plate right now. I cannot handle another thing. Max is like, but this is Comet Junior, Junior, Junior. 
And Max, I'm like, somebody pull him off of DJ. She's got these gloves on. They're not bloody at all. No, you know, uh, birthing remains at all on her gloves. He is so wound up and excited. He's like, please, please. But he's pulling on her arm. It's like, I'm sure Danny's got to step in. Like, buddy, you need to back away. She is really busy getting these puppies out of common junior junior and she's like no i said no son as danny like pulls max away because he is literally like jumping up and down and yanking on dj's arm i mean i'm not really all for medicating your kids if you don't i mean he looks like he's got adhd or he's really really He's just really excited. He, you know, I mean, no, I'm not going to say he's got ADHD because he doesn't. He's just excited, which any kid would be excited at the prospect of getting a puppy. Have you seen the I Get a Puppy videos or the puppy surprise video? I watched literally. That is the first thing I look at when I go on YouTube in the morning after I wake up. I look up. I got a puppy and I usually at least every day somebody is getting a puppy. And usually the videos I watch are the ones of the Golden Retriever puppies. Because that's the one I want. And DJ explains to Max, like, you don't know how much work a puppy is. It's like having another baby, only this one doesn't wear diapers. So she's saying out of the top of poop and pee all over the house. The stains are impossible to get out. Max is like, yeah, but Grandpa told me how to get stains out. So Max is, like, pulling every single thing that he can fight his mom in an argument against. Like, everything she's shot, shutting him down every angle here, but he's got a retort for everything that she comes up with. So, we hear Tommy crying on the baby monitor. DJ automatically, oh no, I forgot to give Tommy his ear medicine. Kimmy and Stephanie are like, Deej, let us help you. That's what we're here for. DJ's like, no, I can handle it myself. It's like, you're st this dog is still going into labor. You are the only vet there. Take care of that. Let them take care of the baby. Why do you feel like you gotta do it all? You don't necessarily have to do it all. If you have people there that are willing to help, let them help you. I mean, I I know y'all want to be superwoman, but sometimes if someone's offering you help, you take it. So as DJ's getting the eyedrop, or the eardrops for baby Tommy out of the fridge, Jesse comes down the stairs like, hey, the cab is here, the taxi's here, ooh, there's a plate of chicken on the counter, I'm gonna have some. Becky comes down with stuff, which I guess is all of Jesse's luggage, which is probably all his hair care stuff. Joey comes up from the basement, he's got a shirt that's on a hanger from 1989. Well, I believe it, I'm sure that he wore that at one point. Of course, he's like, oh, this thing never went out of style. And Jesse's like, well, that's because it was never in style. Oh, we get a cut it out reference. I don't think we've gotten that this episode. Everybody is coming into the kitchen from outside. So what, is Comet Junior Junior just laying there in agony in that kiddie pool in the backyard waiting for more puppies to pop out of her? And she's like, DJ's like, I can't find the airdrops. Okay, DJ is just being... Because Joey's like, hey, Deej, you all right? And she's like, yes, I'm fine. Why does everyone keep asking me that? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If I were Stephanie or DJ, I'm like, Deej, give me the drops. I will take care of it. Get out there and take care of that dog. <laughs> she could be bleeding out for all we know. And those puppies could be dead. 
Chucky really wants another baby. And Jesse's like, no. He probably got a vasectomy at some point. As he makes a semen joke. So, of course, the baby monitor is on the kitchen table as they hear DJ's conversation with baby Tommy. And we cut upstairs to the bedroom where she's holding baby Tommy and DJ is getting upset to the point where she's so worked up that she starts crying. Tommy, I'm sorry I'm having a hard day too. Tommy looks fine. He's not crying at all and he's supposed to have an ear infection? I had a lot of ear infections as a kid because I eventually had tubes put in my ears. But, I mean, I probably cried. So DJ's upset like everyone's leaving the first time we're going to be on our own. Sweetie, people have offered to help you and you keep shutting them down. Okay? Seriously. And the family downstairs is overhearing all of this. And they're like, okay, we need to have a meeting. We need to have a change of plans because DJ is going to need this. And I like how Stephanie finally steps in and says, you guys need to sit. As in the adults. And... Stephanie is the one that comes up with a plan. Like, you guys have been there for us for so long. You sacrificed your dreams and your wants and desires to take care of us. You dropped everything to do that. It is my turn now to help my sister. DJ, I am canceling my tour and I am going to stay here and help you with the kids. DJ, of course, is like, no, no, I can't ask you to do that. And Stephanie's like, you're not asking. I'm doing this. And Cammie, of course, is also like, I'm going to stay here too because you need me. DJ needs me. Guys, I'm sorry. It sounds like I'm really rushing this. But then again, now that I look back on it, her husband's been gone for a year and she's had all this extra help like that she hasn't really had to step in and really do anything really for herself just yet. Of course, her husband was around at the time and they were taking, you know, co-parenting as you do. So DJ's never felt this overwhelming fear of being completely and utterly alone. Where if you think about it, Jackson's 13, Max is 7 or 8 years old, they can kind of help out a little bit. I know that's probably asking too much of them, but they can help out a little bit. And even Jackson can help take... But I'm not... But, I mean, I like this better where they do have Stephanie stay and Kimmy decides to move in. Um, I was thinking if they had originally had one of the Olsen twins on board, because you only really needed one of them now that they're adults. And they're so... they The girls... Look, so different. You only really need one of them. Um, I could see maybe and Andrea Barber. That's why they called Andrea Barber when the twins decided they didn't want to do, you know, have anything to do with the new show. And I'm thinking, what if they had, one of them had wanted something to do with it? Then I'm guessing that Kimmy would just come over every once in a while. So, DJ, fresh tears are all dried off her face. She's just complete, like, boop, puts her mask on. She's fine. Acts like everything's normal. Like, I haven't been crying my eyes out upstairs with my baby boy. And she's like, I thought you guys had to, like, head out. Isn't the cab waiting out there? The meter's probably running. And they all decide to have a little powwow with her. So, Danny at first is the one that says, I'm not taking the job. I'm going to stay right here and help you. And I believe that... 
did Becky and Jesse also decide to stay there as well? Even Dan- uh, <laughs> Um, even, um, Joey was gonna, like, drop everything and just move back into the basement. But this is where Stephanie does step in and say, You guys sit, alright? We got this. I got this. You guys have done so much for us. This is my time to step in and help my sister. And Kimmy is so moved because DJ's like, no, no, you guys, I'm not letting you do that. I'm not letting you do that. And it's like, it's not up to you anymore, DJ. You need our help. We are stepping up to be there for you. That way the adults can move forward with their lives. And DJ's like, I'm entirely capable. And Stephanie, like, gets in her face like, no, you need this help and you are too stubborn to ask for it. Okay, so I am volunteering. Here we go. Kimmy's like, you need me too? And I'm moving in along with you, Steph. And Becky's like, jaw just drops. Like, what? Wasn't expecting that. And DJ's like, Kimmy, you don't need to do this. And DJ, uh, Stephanie's like, yeah, Kimmy, I agree with DJ. You, you don't need to move in here. And we get a little nugget here. Is Kimmy's like, I was a kid that you were my best friend growing up. I was a kid that nobody wanted to hang out with. For reasons I don't understand. And of course the adults are all like, oh, we understand. Like, oh, come on, guys. So DJ's like, oh, if you guys are moving in, I'll have to get a bigger house. And Danny finally steps up like, you're not going to have to do that. I am taking the house off the market and you'll stay right here. So, yeah, all big group hugs. So sweet. Jesse, of course, was like, um, do you know how much this house is worth, Danny? And Kimmy, of course, what we've all known all along, she's like, you have no idea how much I've wanted to live here. And they're all like, oh, we know. We know how long you've wanted to live here. So DJ calls in the kids and Kimmy's like, um, Deej, you might want to keep uh, the whole me moving in here on the DL. I haven't told Ramona. She's going to be a little freaked. She doesn't really want to change schools and leave all her friends. So DJ calls the kids in, says, kids? Your grandpa is going to let us stay in this house and your Aunt Stephanie is going to stay here with us and help us out. Kids are all like, yeah! I mean, Ramona doesn't really have anything to say because she's not living there yet. So, of course, Max is like, well, if Aunt Stephanie's moving in, then that means we can get a dog, right, Mom? And DJ's still like, uh... Okay, you can have a puppy, Max. And he's like, <gasps> and he's, <laughs> this kid is like, oh my, I'm having heart palpitations. And I love the adults who are sitting on the couch, uh, Becky, Jesse, and Joey. Just, they see this kid, and he is just a ball of energy. He is so excited. It's like his birthday and Christmas all rolled into one. Oh, I love how he says, I'm going to be a doggy daddy. <laughs> This got such a smile from John's tables. So, poor little Tommy is making some gurgle cries as Joey gets up like, Yeah, I know how to handle this. I know how to handle kids. And we do the shot by shot of Full House, the kids singing the Flintstones theme song to the adults and Stephanie and DJ singing it as well. This is so cool. I love this shot by shot of baby Michelle's reaction to them walking in circles around the crib, singing the Flintstones theme with them doing the same thing to baby Tommy. So we do get a little Michelle tidbit here. 
And Joey's like, you girl, sure you, you, uh, you're ready for this? You got some big shoes to fill. I love how Stephanie, they're all like kneeling, like with their arms over the crib. Stephanie's next to DJ, puts her, pats DJ's hand and says, we got this. I love that. Oh, it's just completes a full circle. So they hug the adults goodbye and they all head out. And then, of course, Tommy is crying again. And we get the new generation of the Flintstones with DJ Stephanie Kimmy, Jackson, Max, and Ramona singing the theme song to Baby Tommy. Are those kids even going to know the Flintstones? I mean, when I watched it as a kid, I mean, the show had been on the air for probably over 30 plus years. But, I mean, the kids today, I don't think they can really reference the Flintstones unless their parents are showing them, you know, buying the season sets on the DVDs or maybe on Amazon Prime and stuff like that. But those kids aren't going to know that song unless maybe they look it up on YouTube. So that is how we close out the episode. I loved this. I just, I know it was a lot of going scene by scene by scene by scene by scene. And um, I just, I wanted to do that with this episode, just like with the first one. And clearly the dynamic is the same as the premise of the first show, only the genders are switched. But to me, this is breathing new life into a sitcom show that we all as kids now we're adults in our mid to late 30s that grew up with the show and now some of us out there have kids and we're introducing them to the show and you can watch it with your kids and just ouch <laughs> hit my hand on the desk um it's just, I mean, if I had kids, I would definitely be showing them Full House and, and Fuller House. And this, this is a, for a new generation and for the old generation to just bring back memories. And I love that, you know, Full House is on Hulu right now for those that, you know, have the membership that you can watch it or you can go out and get the season sets or the complete series and just watch the show and it's full um you know it's full episodes um I remember you know watching the show when it for a lot of the episodes when they first aired however when I was also watching in syndication I didn't realize that there were scenes that are, were cut until, like, I'm watching, like, the DVDs or I'm watching on Hulu. And I'm like, I don't remember this scene. I don't remember this dialogue. But in a way, it's almost like an extra little treat, like a little bonus. That is like, ooh, something new to me. Even though I've watched all these episodes a bazillion times, a lot of it on syndication. So those added scenes are just, they're like little presents. Mmm. So, as far as for the line of the episode, of course, I'm going to have to give it to Max for his, I'm going to be a doggy daddy! I'm getting heart palpitations! I loved that line. I think for the best outfits, I'm going to honestly give it to... I gotta say, out of the kids, the best outfit for them, I'm going to go with Baby Tommy and that little Elvis suit. 
<coughs> that he was wearing. Um, as far as for the adults, I really like... I, I'm going to go with a tie for Stephanie and Kimmy here. Stephanie's wearing a black undershirt with a olive green shirt or top over over it and then a Kimmy is wearing what looks kind of like a tan beige uh sleeveless shirt with black polka dots and what looks like teal colored and um salmon colored dots and I, I just I really really like them I don't really think really anyone had any bad outfits, so yeah. Alright, so if I've left out any segments, I apologize and I will get to them next time. Stay tuned for next week. I haven't decided which two episodes I'm doing. I'm going to do a kind of a compare thing, so I might do the first introduction of The Birth of Comets. And maybe when Max picks out his puppy, who he names Cosmo, I think I might do that one. Because then I have a whole slew of other things that I want to do as school's winding down. I want to do a lot of summer-focused episodes, too. So we shall see. Again, I want to thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. I know it was very long, and I promise that the other ones will not be over two hours long. So have a good weekend. Bye-bye.